find out if you're ready for love. Here's your marvelous host, Nikki Lee. Hello, and welcome to Ready for Love Radio. This is your host and love coach, Nikki Lee. Today, I have got a guest all the way from Ecuador. You you all know me. You never know what I'm going to come up with and where we're going to be having a guest from. So, what is soulful power? You know, I think there's a lot of different possibilities to describe that and define that, but our guest is going to give us his take on it. And, you know, after after COVID hit, and we're not going to delve into COVID, don't 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 tune out. Um, but during during the pandemic, I think we all focused on heroes more than we did in our everyday lives before that. And, you know, when you mentioned heroes during that time period, first responders and healthcare workers were pretty much our, our biggest focus. That would be the focus immediately. And I know for some people, like my, my next door neighbor, um, whoever was delivering food at the time was, was his hero. But... <laughs> I think we're going to dig a little bit deeper as far as who is a hero and how we we envision heroes while we're having our conversation today. So Christian Delahuerto, De and I got that a little bit wrong, is my guest today. Christian, it's great to have you with me. Thank you so much, Nikki. Thanks so much for, for having me on the show. Well, it's it's going to be an interesting show, and I think we're going to delve into some interesting topics that people may not have looked at the same way. And, you know, I like, I like presenting new perspectives for people. I love, I love when people give me a new way to look at things, and I like doing the same things for other people. And I think we're going to do some of that today. I could be wrong, but I think we are. I, so, would, I would guess that that will happen, too. <laughs> this, this is, I, I live for that kind of thing. Okay, so Christian is a personal transformation coach, spiritual teacher, a TEDx speaker, and award-winning author of Awakening the Soul of Power. He's described by music icon Gloria Estefan as a balm for the soul of anyone searching for truth and answer to life's difficult questions. Now, you know, who is not looking to answers for answers to difficult questions? <laughs> I got lots of those, but we're going to I'm going to I'm going to try to keep it in normal questions today. But we'll we'll see. We'll see. I have already warned you that you never know what I'm going to ask. <laughs> uh, <laughs> he has received a Nautilus Book Award, a Global Book Award, and a Nonfiction Book Award. He's traveled the world offering inspiring and transformation, transformational retreats combining psychological and spiritual treat, teachings with lasting and life-changing effects. All right. Now, you know, that's kind of a high bar you're setting there. I'm just, <laughs> I'm just, I'm just saying. <laughs> so. Yes. All right, and and the book Awakening the Soul of Power is the first book in the Calling All Heroes series. 
I love that. I love the calling all heroes. Good. Now, I'm so glad you like it. I'm I'm thinking maybe you're going to have a like looking for all sorts of heroes. Am I am I thinking wrong with that? Well, it's looking for the hero inside each one of us because there is one even um, if, even if the first response is like no no no. Like you were saying it's really easy to see the hero the hero outside of us and to project it outside and most of us tend tend to identify with the first responder, the warrior, people who who actually place their lives at risk for the sake of someone else or for a larger cause. And you're right, the pandemic forced all of us to expand that definition of heroism. But what about the rest of us? And and to me, the way that I'm talking about living in this book is nothing short of heroic. And and here's just one example of that to go through life reacting you know to to the curveballs that life is going to throw our way reacting to other people's uh, expectations their demands unquestioning why we believe the things we do and and why we do the things we do anybody can do that to react and then regret that reaction once the adrenaline quiets down anybody can do that to take a pause and to feel the ouch of whatever that person said or did and choose the response rather than just do that automatic reaction that, that comes from when we interpret something as painful um, or as an attack. Anybody, you know, that's heroic. And, and to be willing to look at ourselves, to ask the hard questions of why we do the things we do, um, what we like, what we don't like, whatever our preferences, but to really ask those profound existential questions is nothing short of heroic. Good point. Good point. So it's rethinking what heroism means in the 21st century mm-hmm. and then giving people practical tools to embark on their own personal journey to personal freedom. That's right. And you'll appreciate this. The second book that I'm about halfway done uh, with is focused on relationships specifically and how to do relationships consciously. Um to have healthier relationships. Yes, relationships that have a chance of working. Oh my goodness. See, see, I like healthy relationships. I know you do. I like no. <laughs> see, I, you know, when I first became a, a love coach and I, I started saying the phrase healthy relationships to people, I noticed that they looked at me kind of funny, like, "Huh?" <laughs> I'm like, right. "Oh, this is this is not good." <laughs> so, right, right, right. right. The, show, the show was born very soon after that. I'm like, "Okay, this needs to be discussed." <laughs> so, absolutely, absolutely. To, okay. even, to even see the possibility of having healthy relationships that have a chance of working—that that alone is saying a lot. Yeah, well, and and people people hadn't even like given the the idea, you know, hadn't even considered it. I'm like, people, come on, <laughs> you know. So, yeah. wow, okay. Um, <clears throat> well, and, and you know, I don't I don't know that I had really considered was I in a relationship that was healthy or not. I I know that if I didn't feel it was working, I got out of it, but you know. Had I had I really thought about was this healthy or not? 
But right. wow. Okay. Okay. So now, soulful power. Seeing mm-hmm. as how you, you you brought this up and you did the title of the book, <laughs> tell me what what is what does soulful power mean to you personally? Let's start right. there. And, and let me begin to answer that by saying that by framing it this way, I think most of us struggle with issues around power. I think part of us wants it, and part of us is afraid of it. And I think what we fear if, is that if we really stepped into our power, that other people might not be able to handle it and that we might end up rejected and alone. And that's no fun. Who wants that? Um, I think we also fear that we might abuse it. And no wonder how many abuses of power have each of us witnessed and experienced in our lifetimes. And then we've also, we've been conditioned to believe that power is a bad thing, you know, with with quotes like power corrupts and absolute power corrupts absolutely but what they didn't tell us about that quote is that lord agden was speaking specifically about political power not personal power and so when you add to that mix the fact that we have also been conditioned to be afraid of our emotions we run away from our emotions we hate conflict we avoid confrontation and when you put all that up together what happens is that we give away our power our innate inherent that nobody can give to us and no one can take away. We are the only ones who give it away. And the sad, the sad part, uh, Nikki, is that we settle for less. We say we override our true feelings, our preferences, our desires, our beliefs, and we say yes when inside it's really not okay with us. And, and we, we do that just to settle for an illusion of, of, of peace or illusion of acceptance. Um, a, f- a false sense of, of that, we settle for crumbs of pseudo-love in order to maintain the peace or not rock the boat too much. So the way that we navigate this issue around power is that there is a way that we can step into our own power that is not about abuse, that is not about hierarchy, that is not about fear or control or force that or domination that doesn't require that we push somebody down and step on them in order for us to feel powerful. And that's what soulful power means to me. How do we do that? How do we step into power in a different way? And, and so I, be, I start the conversation about, well, there's different kinds of power. So there's worldly power or ego power that comes from, from that part of the, of the mind um, which, you know, we tend to associate power with externals, you know, people who have money, people who are famous, people who are high up in some kind of hierarchy, whether it's the corporate ladder or some kind of other institution. But all those kinds of power, all those expressions of power are because they're outside of us, they're fickle here today, gone tomorrow. And, and that kind of worldly power is always has an agenda. It's always trying to get something for itself, and it's always trying to prove how, how big and important it is and how powerful it is. Contrast that True. with soulful power, you know, which is inside each and every one of us. Nobody can take it away. We are the only ones who give it away. And, and for those kind of sad and lame reasons that we were talking about before, and, and it's humble. That kind of power is humble. It doesn't need to prove any, any, anything to anybody. It, it's, you know, I think of a Gandhi or, again, Dolph, if you're into the Lord of the Rings. In their simple monastic robes, their sandal feet, from looking at them, you would never know how much power they hold until it's necessary. And then, get out of the way. 
Gandhi brought the British Empire to its knees when it was at its highest point in terms of global reach without ever shooting a gun or landing a single punch. That is power. Well, it's like a quiet power. Yes. It's another you word. Know, you, you, can, can, you, can have, you can have an inner power that can be quiet and can be very powerful but yes. you don't have to be loud and obnoxious about it. But you know that when something needs to be done, you can accomplish it exactly. without being like in people's face about it. You know, that exactly. kind of thing. That's exactly what I'm talking about. Awesome. I got it. Mm-hmm. Very good. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, we, I did a show with a good friend of mine back about a month or so ago and we were talking um, about the opposite of, of like toxic masculinity because that, that phrase and that whole thing I think is just so completely overblown because um, there's there's so many so many men that are are awesome people you know and you you've got this whole campaign trying to act like men are just this, this horrible thing, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but how you can, you can have this, this male power and, you know, taking care of the people that you care about, you know, your family, mm-hmm. your whatever. And the, the same kind of thing. You know, mm-hmm. you can you can support the people you care about, support the people that you love, your family, your you know extended family, whatever. And it's it's not an obnoxious kind of thing. Um, and it's I I think we got the message across very well in how you know even even in a family or whatever, somebody has to be in charge, okay? You, you can't have everybody battling to be in charge. Um, and it can be done in such a way, a very loving, respectful sort of way. You know, for me, it, it's got to be done with respect, love and respect yeah. and, and that kind of deal. Um, yeah. But it's, it's very interesting that you, that you mentioned this, toxic masculinity thing because that's another way that I think about it how they're different to me this worldly power this ego power is more about power over right having power over somebody else it's hierarchical and that tends to be associated more with this more patriarchal um, that definition of what it means to be to be the the male or the masculine which I think is a it's a limited and limiting definition of what it means to be a man as opposed to what we consider the more feminine more inclusive and no less powerful in fact I think it is more powerful power with approach you know if I'm in my power if I know who I am um, I can have this very open relationship why would I be threatened by you or anybody else having power I know that whatever comes my way I got this yeah. And, and that's, that's where that humility comes from in this kind of spiritual power or soulful power or inner power as you, as you refer to it. It's like it's just in right. there and it doesn't need to prove anything to anybody. It just is. Right, right. Well, that's the thing. You know, if, if you truly have power and confidence and all that, there, there's nothing to prove. 
Exactly. You don't have to be loud and obnoxious, you know. Exactly. You know it, and you're good, <laughs> you know. Yeah. yeah. So. It's like yeah. the louder you are, the more insecure you are. So exactly, it's it's overcompensating for not feeling good enough. Right, right, mm-hmm. right. Like the big flashy car. Yeah, whatever. Yeah, <laughs> yeah plenty of examples of that. Uh, not not just out on appreciate a nice muscle car, but yeah, still. <laughs> so. Yeah, plenty okay. of examples of that of pe- people who are overcompensating for not feeling. Yeah good about themselves deep down inside so they have to go way over the top to to prove to the world and to and to others and trying to prove to themselves although not very effectively that they are good enough that they are powerful right well and other insecure people see that as being macho and whatever like no (laughs) you know they're just insecure like you (laughs) but that's another whole topic Yeah, yeah so why did you write this book you just had nothing to do that year, right? <laughs> no, I've actually been brewing that book in my head for for probably 10 years. And, and you're testing out some of the thoughts and principles and some of the practices that I include in the book at, at retreats and that kind of thing. And mm-hmm. um, then the pandemic hit. And I went from 100,000 miles on an airplane yearly doing retreats and workshops and, and speaking engagements and all that kind of stuff to zero. And so... The pandemic forced my forced me to sit my butt down and get this book out of my head. <laughs> <laughs> it's amazing all the creative things that got done when like nobody could go anywhere. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. Without minimizing the the tragedy of it, for me it was, you know, there were a lot of benefits that came from it. Yeah, I've I've heard that from a lot of people, mm-hmm. but interesting. So talk, talk a little bit or, or tell us about your journey in the relationship to heroism and personal power. How does that all work together? Well, and that's a very insightful question, too, because I'm an unlikely person to be speaking about personal empowerment and heroism. Um, I I can't even begin to tell you, Nikki, how shy and introverted as I was as a kid. I was I was a K one on one. If you introduced a third person, I I clammed up. Um, and you know several reasons for that. I mean, and to the degree that I was a, I was a good student. I had you know pretty much 4.0 in high school except for one B. And of course, I didn't set out to do this intentionally, but that one B came in my first semester of senior year and it was enough to me to get knocked off from you know from the running to be the valedictorian because there is no way at that point in my life that I could have stood up in front of an auditorium filled with hundreds and hundreds of people and deliver the valedictorian speech there's just no way so I think subconsciously I sabotaged my GPA so that I wouldn't have to do that and and so I know self-doubt I know self-hatred even and flash forward to today no matter what happens in my life no matter the details or the circumstances whether a relationship works out or it doesn't whether a project succeeds or it fails never ever ever do I question my, my sense of worth that is established and unshakable 
so that was part of the part of the reason that inspired me to write this book and and that inspires everything that I do my coaching my my you know my videos my my year long coaching program my my retreats everything is it's about inspired by my desire to share that with others because I I know if that can happen in me it can happen in anybody well and you know if 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 one project doesn't work out then you know, if, if you're convinced the project is good, but this approach didn't work, there's 20 more ways to try to do it, you know. Mm-hmm. Then that, that's like, you know, if because I usually outline a book, okay? If it's not a short book, then I outline it, right? And And sometimes, you know, like if I'm writing a novel, the characters kind of take over. Okay, right. and they take over and they go in a direction I didn't plan. Okay, well maybe that means that the outline I had wasn't the way the book should have gone, or maybe the ending I had in mind wasn't where the story should have gone, or maybe I didn't start it at the right place, or you know whatever. But that doesn't mean that the book idea was wrong. It just, I got a better idea while I was writing it, you know. I mean, mm-hmm. ideas change and morph and, and improve and evolve and that kind of thing, you know. Mm-hmm. Or as you're working on a project, the idea evolves and you get better ideas and more ideas. And it's like, hey, you know, maybe there's a different direction to take, yeah. you know. And- so and it, and I think, by the way, I think with the way the process that you're describing, which is connected to creativity, to the creative process, to creativity period, I think that's also connected to intuition. And these are all, to me, connected to that soulful power, that, that inner voice, that inner power that, that's inside each and every one of us. Mm-hmm. And, and, and while we're talking about writing, by the way, um, I just wanted to acknowledge you for having written 30-something books. I, I've, I've got two under my belt and two more coming that I know of, and I bow to you for having having that kind of productivity. For me, I resist writing more than anything else in my life. Oh, I love it. I love it. I, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you. Sure. I know. I, I open up my, my Amazon author page and I'm just like, Wow, this is so cool. <laughs> yeah, that's amazing. It's impressive. Impressive. After, after 30-some, it doesn't get old when a new book comes in and I get to open it for the first time. <laughs> so, that's good. I love to hear that. I, I still love it when the when I get to see a new one for the first time. It just, ah, I love it. But it's still exciting when I first see the Amazon book, the, the new page, and it's like, yes, a new one. But, Beautiful. Um, and I, I still have lots and lots of ideas brewing that I've, I want to get to work on. But it's funny, too, because when I wrote the first book, I didn't have any ideas for any other ones. None. None. Mm. <laughs> so, mm, fascinating. That I'll ever have time to write. So impressive. Well, well, and and you know the the whole idea behind what I was saying is you know just because one idea doesn't pan out like you originally had it doesn't mean it was a bad idea or to give up. Yeah. You know, take it in a different direction. That's that's part of the creative process because the 
you know, that's it's like, you know, the creative process is not from point A to point B. There, there may be 20 different directions it takes, but that's the fun of the creative process. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it goes in all kinds of different directions. And, and the thing is, every direction it takes, you're going to learn something. You're going to discover mm-hmm. something. And, and it, it just, I, I love it. I absolutely love the creative process. Yeah, and I think and I think the way you the the way we're talking about it is it's tapping to that deeper part of us that is it's beyond just logic and knowledge and information and data and nothing wrong with any of that. But the way you're you're pointing us to think about the creative process is way deeper than that. We're accessing that that deeper part of us that's beneath what the Buddhists call the monkey mind, that chattering mind that drives us crazy because from the moment we wake up in the morning before our feet haven't even hit the floor. Um, it's our, it's our mind's already going. Because until we fall asleep exhausted, at the end of the day, if we're able to fall asleep, because sometimes we all know it keeps us going through the night with something to say about everyone and everything every single moment of the day. And I think when we're talking about that creative process, we're bypassing that, that more superficial mind and we're accessing the, the richness of, of creativity, intuition um, that are deeper in us. And that, again, we all have access to. We just have to learn how to quiet that crazy monkey mind so that we can access that inner wisdom that's inside all of us. Yes. It is, and it's something else once you tap into it. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. So, okay, heroism. What does heroism mean to you? And I think I think all the listeners should kind of, after the show, kind of think about that. And beyond the superheroes and DC Comics and first responders, what do, does heroism mean to each one of us? Yeah, and that's what I was started to talk about earlier, that it's a way of living. You know, like anybody, you know, all of us, we have all reacted and said something that or did something that we then regretted. Once the adrenaline quieted, you know, quieted down and got reabsorbed into the body, then we start punishing ourselves. Oh, my God, I can't believe I said that to them. That was so mean. And, and so we take our, ourselves through this whole boring cycle of react and then regret. Um, and, and to me, to have the, the presence, because that's the first thing that is required, is to be present to what's going on with us, what's going on with our emotions, what kind of, what kind of information is it's coming from that deeper part of ourselves. Call it intuition, call it soulful power, call it whatever you want to call it. And, and to choose our response based on that, that is nothing less than heroic. Um, to have you know, that, that sense of self, that chooses not to take things personally because that's the, that's what the reason we react and we and we hurt somebody back is because we took something personally we interpreted it as a, as an attack um something something that was challenging our our very sense of who we are sense of identity but if if we are coming from that place of personal empowerment and knowing who we are and self-confidence and all the stuff we're talking about then we can have like a more I would even say compassionate or, or understanding of the other person and say, oh, wow, interesting that they're choosing to say or do this 
and and the, in an attempt to hurt me like wow what an interesting thing i don't have to i don't have to get involved in this i don't have to react to this um and and to me that's also to just to bring choice because this this is not becoming a doormat at all we're talking about a journey of empowerment so we get to choose how we respond and in what ways and what emotional energies we we use like we can even access our anger energy um, but at choice, consciously, with a purpose, rather than just reacting unconsciously, because we're, what we're doing is we're actually reacting to something, some previous hurt, something that may have happened when we were kids, and and you know, and we took on it personally, and we achieved, we had, we got to a, a place of concluding that there was something wrong with us, or that or that we're not smart enough, or that we're too much of this, not enough of that, uh, things that we misheard, or things that were told to us in a moment of overwhelm. Um, and we took it on as truth that there was, you know, that we're damaged goods, that we're not good enough. And none of it is true. But we've been reacting from that place of woundedness uh, all of our lives. And that has been impacting every one of our relationships. And so to, to be willing to, to go inside and to do this kind of work that we're talking about and asking the hard questions like, why do I do the things we do? And why do I get stuck in these pattern of relationships? Right? Like, what does it sometimes feel like in my relationships that it's the same boring movie? I've seen this movie before. It's just with a different actor, a different co-lead, right. but the same kind of crap, same kind of arguments, same stuff. So at some point, we have to get honest and realize that there's only one common denominator in every one of those arguments and every one of those relationships. And it's right here. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. Very true. Yeah. Well, and that's heroic. And, you know, that's that's not that's no fun to think about it from that perspective. It's a lot easier to just point the finger and blame on somebody else and they did this and they did that and or to reach, you know, conclusions about oh you can't trust men because they they all cheat or whatever the conclusion is. It, that's a lot easier. Anybody can do that, but to ask ourselves these harder questions and to face our inner demons and to look inside and to like wow, you know, it's 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 heroic. And, and not easy process, but it is so well worth it because once we understand why we do the things we do, then we can choose otherwise. And then we can have yeah. relationships that actually have a chance of working and, and that are a good match for who we are. Yes. Well, that's, that's something that I say on here a lot is, you know, those kind of things aren't easy, but they're so worth the effort. And the thing is, once you do it, you've done it. You've, exactly. you've resolved whatever that is, and then exactly. you can go forward. Exactly. You know, and and that well, that's that's like the the thing we were talking about was with Susan Gay, you know, and and from Am I Normal If? It's finding those things that don't serve you, resolving it, and you're done. And then exactly. then you you use the things that do serve you. And it's it's a whole different world when you do those kind of things. Exactly. It's just it's so worth it. Well worth it. So worth it. And yes. that doesn't diminish it. It's it's still heroic work. Yes. Yes. And we all have access to that. We all have a hero inside of us. And that's what this book is and this series of books is is designed to do is to help us unleash that, that inner hero. You know, I I don't remember 
the one I'll I'll dig through it. I'll, I've got to find it and make sure I've got it archived. Um, I'm in the process of moving all of my shows to a new platform, and with with 400 and some shows, it's taken me a while. Wow. But when when she does when she does um uh talks, she literally wears a cape to, to <laughs> you know convey the fact that it's it's you know it's her, heroic work to do this. That but, is fun. Uh, I, love, I love that. She does that, yeah. But yeah, that's what made me think about it. But I, I love that she does that. But yeah, yeah the, same, the same idea. And like I said, she does. She literally wears a cape. <laughs> yeah, that's brilliant. That's that's so neat. I'll I'll have to send you a link to it when uh, yeah, please when I find do. It. Thank you. But <clears throat> okay, so. Um, you you wrote that the book is for everybody, but there's a particular message for women. Why mm-hmm. do you say that? Yeah, and 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 I love that question too. Um, it is for everybody because we all struggle with these issues around power and how to express it in a way that is a match for who we are. Um, and it has a particular message for women, and that stems from my belief, my conviction really, that the empowerment of women is the single most important thing that needs to happen in the world. And it's not to idealize women, it's not to put women up up on a pedestal, women also abuse power, and it's certainly not to give women more crap to clean up on this planet that, you know, out of out of this mess that we have made on this planet. Um, it's because I believe that when women are in 50% of power in this world, and we're nowhere near close to that, we're going to have a very different relationship to war and poverty and hunger and how we treat the environment and education and justice to all of it. So for me, I think of it strategically. Like, yes, we have so many issues that, and so many problems that each one of them can feel overwhelming. Um, and what can I possibly do about any of these things as an individual? But if I focus on, okay, if I focus on my teachings and my message on one thing, on the empowerment of women, that will then ripple out and impact all those other um, areas, then okay, that, that seems like a good strategy to me. And, and, and going back to what you were saying before about masculinity, I added a book for men. Like the book is for is for everybody, and, and I do have that particular message for women. But I thought that it also required a particular chapter about how to rethink, how do we redefine, how do we upgrade this definition of masculinity and what it means to be a man. Because even though, and and not to diminish the price that women have paid over the last several thousand years of you know what we call the patriarchy, um, not to diminish or, or that, and men have also paid a price for this patriarchal power over system, right? So if we look, let's look at just a couple of numbers. Longevity. In the U.S., women outlive men by five years. Globally, by seven years. In the U.S., the, the, men commit suicide four times as frequently as women. And in fact, seven, 70% of the suicides in the U.S. are committed by middle-aged white men. And I think it's pretty clear to anybody who, who's looking at, you know, at the world that that's the group that still holds the majority of the power in the world. 
And so we would think, like, well, the, the group that has the majority of the power should have the majority of the benefits and the, and the healthiest uh, lifestyles and, and you know, the, just the most privileged. Um, but so what's up with that? Why are, why are men, middle-aged men, taking their lives four times as frequently? And I think it's because of this limiting and limit, limited definition, this misunderstanding of what it means to be a man. And, and so yeah. and it begins Please. very young, like, you know, little boys don't cry like it's that that indoctrination begins when we're little boys. And so we grew up thinking that, well, what's what's wrong with that? I know well, how come little boys don't cry. And, and so there are a couple of faulty assumptions. There are first that only little girls cry because the feminine is weakness. It's like, wait a minute. That's quite a leap to make. Um, you want to talk strength and resilience and courage. Let's talk about the power of creation that resides in a female body. Um, yeah. And, and you know, like just a little side sidebar here. But Betty White, you know, this is, I read the story that she was being interviewed in one of these multiple celebrity interviews. And um, I hope I can say this on the radio. Um, so somebody said something about having gonads, you know, male having balls. I think you can say that. Um, and somebody and 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 she said, "Well, wait a minute. Where do we where do we get this connection about having balls and courage and strength? You thump those little things, and the guy bends over, collapses in pain. You want to talk courage? You want to talk strength? Let's talk vaginas. Those things take a pounding." And and so part of what I did in that chapter is begin to look at some of these traditional roles that men have played. So, for example, the provider, you know, that that is that is such a that identity of being the provider is so woven into so many men's way of thinking about who they are. And so and the numbers are pretty clear, like, you know, more than 50 percent of college graduates today are women. Um, and as of a couple of years ago, when I researched the book, in 40% of heterosexual households in the U.S., the woman is making more money than the man. So it, it begins to help us understand this crisis of identity that many men have, are having and why so many are wanting to go back to the 50s and the way things, you know, the way things were. Um, and, and, and so, of course, that's not possible and the cat's out of the bag and and everything is changing as as we as we all know and can feel and, and see um but but it helps to so, so that's why i'm, I'm be, suggesting that it's important to begin to rethink and redefine what it means to be a man because if we're defining ourselves by the size of our paycheck um wow what a, what a limited way of, of of thinking about ourselves and and so in redefining that and expanding how we think of that, you know, what about if we thought ourselves as, as provider? What if we provided for other people, for our loved ones in our homes, uh, a safe environment? What if we were the rock on which our loved ones and our kids and our families and our friends could count on and stand on as they go out and explore and discover who they are in the world? We're like, wow, that is infinitely price priceless and more valuable than the size of our paycheck exactly exactly being there and being supportive and you know not not just contributing a paycheck but contributing themselves to the situation exactly exactly 
Agreed. But, yep, I'm with you. Yes. <laughs> good, good. I figured, I figured <laughs> you would, you would, um, uh, that it, it would resonate with you. Yeah, very much so. So, what I, I'm all all for empowering people, and I, I do a lot of things around, and uh, a lot of topics around empowering women, for a lot of different reasons. I mean, I, I came from a a family who, I mean, they they all wanted sons first. That was that was a top priority, and and all all of them. My father's family had daughters first, which I think is hysterical. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, of course, then they they were very upset about having daughters first, and then they were thrilled when the sons came along because they, of course, were the 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 blessed ones in the family, and then they tolerate having daughters. And yeah. Uh, <clears throat> so yeah, I'm way too familiar with that mentality yeah yeah and i'm and i'm sorry about that and and that is what you know the system that we most of us have grown into it's changing it's changing right in front of our eyes um yeah. and and irre- irreversibly like that's what I, you can't put that cat bag in the bag bag in the bag um and and and, and what a travesty what a travesty it's got to be more balanced though it 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 should it can't be all the way one way and no, then exactly. all the other way. <clears throat> exactly. You know. We don't want to go back. That's what I say. We don't want to go back to a matriarchal system. No, of course not. We want balance. We want a balance between the masculine and the feminine energies that, by the way, course through all of us, no matter what kind of body we're yeah. in. Because those masculine and feminine energies course through all of creation. And, and just because in this tiny little pebble of a planet hurling through space at thousands of miles per hour, somewhere along the way in the last several thousand years, we decided that the, that the feminine was weaker. That doesn't make it so. Well, and the thing is, especially with children growing up, they need both of those influences. And they need yes. both of those influences in a healthy way to grow up to be a balanced person, you know. Exactly, yeah. And, yeah. and they don't uh, yeah. need either. They don't need either one of those influences being being insulted or degraded or whatever. They need both of those influences and to see the positives in both Absolutely. the human and masculine energy. Absolutely. You know? this, is, this is not male bashing by any stretch of the imagination. This is just calling us right. to a higher expression. That I'm just saying that the way that we're holding what it means to be a man these days needs revision. We might want to look at it and, yep. and expand how we think about that. Agreed. Very much so. Okay, now people and their power. I, something I was I was going to say too when you were talking about the the whole power thing is I found that sometimes when people aren't in their power, have have you noticed how if if people don't really take control of their own power, somebody else does. Yes. Yes. Yeah. I, I come from a family who um, feels that if if you are, are a person that wants to be in control of your own life, this is a bad thing. And I said, well, now, here, here's the problem. If, if you aren't in control of your own life, uh, somebody else is. And that's not good, <laughs> you know, because you don't want somebody else, you know, 
having control of your life and telling you what to do and how to do and when to do and where to do and all that kind of thing. So um, wouldn't it be better if, if I'm in control of my own life and having power over my own being? For, for, for my Isn't perspective, it? Nikki, for sure. Like I can't imagine it doing the other way, which I have done at, at previous you know, stages of my life. I have given my power away. Um, yeah, we all have. Um, and, 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 but, you know, but it's, it, yeah, we all have, it's, it's part of the human condition. Um, and, and it's also important to acknowledge that for some of us at some point in our lives, in a way it's easier to give that power away and to let other people, whether it's the culture or a particular way of thinking or a particular religion. And again, with all the respect that we give all our power away of, over our thinking, um, and, and our beliefs to something outside of us. Um, and that's another way in which I think what we're talking about is heroic. Like it takes a lot of courage to look inside and ask ourselves you know, these hard questions. Why do I believe the things I believe? And yeah. just being willing to go through that questioning process is historic. And maybe we land on the exact same belief systems that we, that we presently have. But it's really important to be willing to question them because that's where right. growth happens. Um, that's, that's how we grow and evolve and heal and transform and claim well, our own power. We may have the same belief system, but have we ever taken the time to analyze those things? Exactly. And ask ourselves and verify that we have the same beliefs. Exactly. Or do we just say, yeah, I'm just going to sit back and just go with the flow. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and and that may be initially more comfortable in quotes, um, yeah. easier, right? Because we we're we're all brilliant at distracting ourselves and running away from these hard questions or running away from our feelings, um, you know, and, and medicating ourselves in the very creative ways that we medicate ourselves, whether it's substances or alcohol or food or sex or TV or uh, social media or workaholism or you know whatever all, uh, gaming all the ways that we distract ourselves and keep ourselves from diving within and thinking about about ourselves and, and so for me that's why it's heroic because the way yeah. that the majority of the people do it in the world is that is just like the illusion of comfort because it isn't fulfilling it's just there's to me comfort yeah. is overrated um, and, and we know growth doesn't happen in the comfort zone. We have to be willing to place ourselves in a little bit of discomfort. And, and, mm -hmm. and I mean emotional, psychological, mental discomfort in order for growth to happen. Growth yes. happens beyond the comfort zone. Well, and that's heroic. Is, if, if we aren't moving outside our comfort zone, we aren't growing. Exactly. We're just kind of stagnant. Exactly. So, yeah. Exactly. And to be willing to do that is heroic. I like it. I <laughs> like it. So what's we we kind of comfort we kind of covered this, but let's kind of just cover it head on. What is the cost for people when they sell out on their power? Oh my god. It is. <laughs> now you it, see why it, I put it that way. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean it's it's unfulfillment, right? It's it's miserable. It's being stuck in patterns 
where we feel imprisoned, where we feel unexpressed. You know, we might we might put on a fake smile, but deep down inside, whenever we sell sell out and settle on our and settle on our beliefs or our power, like we that never feels good. When we walk away from from that interaction, there's that there's that yucky feeling. Sometimes we feel like we just want to take a shower because at some level we know that that we're not being authentic, that we're not really stepping into what we really believe and 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 practicing that in the world and being that in the world you know and so many of us walk around with masks that we you know we wear this mask in the workplace we wear this other mask with our parents this other mask with our kids this other one with our partners our spouses our lovers this other one with our friends and it's exhausting um how much easier just to be ourselves wherever we are be who we are wherever we are and that too is heroic because we got to figure out who we are and there's only one way to figure that out which is diving within taking a deep dive into ourselves and 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 having this kind of conversation that you and i are having you know that's that's so true is it's so much easy once once you put forth the effort to figure out who you authentically are life really does get easier it gets magical. Otherwise, other yeah, really. Well, otherwise, you're like every time you go somewhere, it's like okay, who do I need to be here? Right. Who do I need exactly. to be in front of my mom? Who do I need Exhausting. to be in front of my dad? Who do I need to be at work? It, it's like it's like what what costume do you put on depending on where <laughs> exactly. you are? And exactly. it is just exhausting. Yes, and our relationships, to go back to your, you know, your theme of, of, of this, this podcast, our relationships don't have a chance of really working because we're, if we're presenting ourselves inauthentically as something other than who we actually are, all we're going to attract is, is somebody that, who can meet us there at that level, like water seek, seeking its own level. So they're only going to mirror back whatever we are revealing ourselves to be. So another right. benefit of, of stepping into our own power and being willing to be who we really are is like our relationships will actually have a chance of working. Right. This is true. Mm-hmm. So what, and this could be an entire hour, but <clears throat> what happens when we get to the point where we know who we authentically are. Then we, we just get to be that. We just get to enjoy the, the, this magical life and this magical existence. And, you know, we, it may, the, the details are kind of secondary. Like for some of us, you know, we may discover that the, the, the jobs that we've been doing, the work, the, whatever we have been doing to pay the bills, that it doesn't work for us, that it is not a match for who we are authentically. Right? Some of us are blessed that, that who we are and what we do you know, are a match. It's what the Buddhists call right livelihood. It's, it's a right expression. It's a congruent expression with who we are. Uh, so for some of us, we may decide that it, it's not a match and then find something that is a match with who we are. Uh, we may also discover that some of the relationships in our lives are not a match. Right. Um, and, and that we you know because we have been people pleasing because we have been presenting ourselves in, inauthentically because we've been not, we haven't been authentically ourselves. So as we do that and as we step into our power and as we stop selling out 
and settling for less, not every relationship is going to be a match for that. You know, there are people who have been taken advantage of, it's our fault for putting up with it, uh, but some people have been conveniently taking advantage of our powerlessness and our, willing, our willingness to say yes when inside we really feel no in order to maintain that illusion of, of, of security or, or maintain to not rock the boat of a particular relationship. And I'm not here talking just about in romantic, intimate relationships. This applies to all relationships. So we may yeah. discover that some of the relationships in our lives, we, we are kind of, you know, not, they're not a match anymore. And it may be a natural process that we just start hanging out with different people. Well, and there's nothing wrong with that. And nothing wrong with that. In fact, it's, it's, it's more truthful, it's more authentic, and it's way more fulfilling. And it's way more honoring of ourselves and of who we are. So, family members and longtime friends and this kind of thing, are they usually on board when we're mm. doing this, figuring out who we are? Not always. Not always, not always, for sure not. And some, and some, no. Those are some of the most difficult decisions we have to make, as we discover who we are, and as we step into our power and realize that some of those um, relationships are not a match. Not only that, but that they have an, a vested interest in keeping us the old way that we were, because it was convenient, because it was less threatening, because our changing, our changing becomes a threat to the, to who they are. And all of this happening subconsciously. Um, so we may have to make some tough choices, but, but here's what I'll say. What is of love will be there on the other side of that process of transformation. Yes. Yeah. And so, yeah, there, there may be some rocky transition times for sure, but what is true, what is of love, will survive the, the, the transition time and the rough waters and will and we'll come out on the other side. This is true. Well, and the thing is, and I can tell you this from personal experience, you very likely will find people who are more caring and more loving on the other side mm -hmm. than you had before. Without a doubt. Without and a doubt. And you will find people who didn't love you for you on the other mm -hmm. side. Yeah, yeah it, that's it's true. It's a very interesting screening process. That's true. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm blessed that when I went on my spiritual journey, my family initially was kind of freaking out because you know I was, <laughs> I was, I was doing something different. I had a very enviable yeah. life. I had a good-paying job. I had a condo on the water, sports car, the Armani suits, and and walked away from it all and went on a spiritual journey. And my family thought I was joining a cult. And so they were you know, understandably freaked out and, and threatened by, you know, because what I was doing was also forces other people to question that themselves and their values and the choices that they make. Uh, that's the kind of the deeper layer of it. But flash forward to today, my, I'm, my, I'm still incredibly tight with my family. My relationships with my family have 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 changed and have grown um but i i'm one of the lucky ones that my my transition was able my my family was able to expand and and to hold who i became and who i am becoming
because it's an ongoing process of, of transformation, right? It's, it's not a terminal thing. But, um, yeah, and, and by the same token, I can tell you a couple of friendships from 30 years ago who are not in my life right now. Right. It just wasn't, it wasn't a match. Yeah, the people that, that I was the closest to, I am still close to, and people that I have since discovered the relationship was very phony, I am not close to at all anymore. Yeah, yeah exactly. But those, those details were revealed very vividly. Um, right. Right. So and again, you no, know, the process the process wasn't fun, but in, in no. your com- in your commitment to be who you are and to be authentically yourself and to be all of who you are, like that's heroic. And and some people, you know, were able to flow with it, and others weren't. Yeah. Yep. Well, and some are still very upset with me, and that's just so. Uh, you know, that's. Yeah. Yeah. That's their issue at this point. That's their so. problem. That is really not your problem. Yeah. 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 Well, and I, I went through some huge medical issues. And, uh, you know, I mean, I, I literally came within hours of dying. Mm. And I, you know, I the, the doctors still don't know how I survived. Mm. Um, and... Uh, you know, I, I made the decisions I made, and if they had been in charge, I wouldn't be here. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, mm-hmm. it, it's a good thing I'm in charge. <laughs> yeah, and talk about so. claiming your talk about claiming your power. Yeah, no joke. Mm-hmm. But, um, not, not easy. It's heroic. It's heroic. Yeah. Yeah, like I said, I'm I am alive, and I wouldn't be if they had been the ones to be in charge of things. So that's right. Like we're saying, it's well worth it. Not not an easy process, but it is well worth it. Infinitely worth yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's uh, it's it's very interesting to get to the point where you you feel like you truly do know yourself. It's a it's an interesting feeling. It really is. Oh, oh my God! It's there's nothing like it. There's nothing like yeah. it. Yeah. Well, and to see the difference, you know, it, it just it's it's fascinating. It really is. And and so to I mean to, to, to I was just going to add to that to be to be able to to have that peace of mind that comes from that to be able to look at yes. ourselves in the mirror and not look away um, to be able to 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 accept and then love ourselves, that is priceless. Priceless. And so well worth whatever difficult work we have to do in order to get to that place. Because it impacts not only our our emotional and psychological and spiritual selves, but if if we want to extend the quality of our lives physically, it keeps us younger. Yeah. Yep. It's... uh, I don't know, but yeah. Well, do you want to tell the listeners how they can find out more about you? Thank you, and 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 thanks again for having me on the show, and thanks for having the show because I know in your in your having said yes to that call, uh, many lives are being 
impacted because of that. And in terms of how to reach me, the, the book is available wherever books are sold. So you can order it at your local bookstore if you want to support them, and you can get it on Amazon. Um, in terms of reaching me, probably best way is my website, and then they can access my social media from there. That website is soulfulpower.com, S-O-U-L-F-U-L-P-O-W-E-R.com. And for anybody who's listening to this, who goes to my website and gets on my email list, and we know how easy it is to click unsubscribe if it doesn't work for you, and I'm not going to take it personally, um, <laughs> anybody who does... Uh, we'll send them a sample, sample chapter on the book, and it's a chapter that talks about what it means to live heroically in the 21st century. We'll send them some power practices designed to integrate the teachings so that they don't stay at the level of information. Um, you, you and I know we don't need more information. We've got information overload. What we need is <laughs> transformation, and that only comes yeah. from really taking on and living from a set of teachings. And that's what those practices are designed to do and to trigger some of the questions that you and I have been talking about. And, and then we'll send them a guided, guided meditation that, that I wrote a couple of years ago in the midst of the pandemic. Um, it, and it's about how do we move into, how do we find trust? How do we find center in, in the midst of chaos? Oh, that was a good time for that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Awesome. 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 Well, the replay of today's show, and um, I, I will actually have Christian's long bio, because I, I used the short one, and uh, his link to his website will all be on the show page, which will be at uh, slash soulful power. So, see, we're just we're going to make sure that you remember that. <laughs> <laughs> thank you, Nikki. Well, thank you very much for being here. And listeners, I hope you got lots of good information. I know I enjoyed the talk. It's always always uh, nice to run into somebody that um, has the same ideas and that. Um, we can relate on lots of things. So, listeners, I'll be with you next time on Ready for Love Radio.